Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? And I hope the answer is that you're doing well, everyone. This is Jim McCarrens with the good, the bad, and the TV on the Believe Podcast Network. It's the number one podcast network for professionals. How do we know that? Because it's written right here. Let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year is 1973. CBS sells the Yankees to Steinbrenner. Aerosmith releases its debut album. Native Americans stage a long sit-in protest at Wounded Knee. Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs made across the net in prime time for their battle of the sexes. 1973 is the year of Skylab and of Elvis from Hawaii, of Spiro Agnew's resignation and Nixon's Saturday Night Massacre. It's the year the American Psychiatric Association removes being gay from its list of illnesses. On a single day in 1973, January 22nd to be specific, Roe v. Wade is handed down, Foreman defeats Frazier, LBJ passes away, and the final Apollo mission crew, Apollo 17, addresses a joint session of Congress. That's one busy day. For a young guy from New York City, 1973 is one busy year, ending with a life wildly more different than how it begins. A life that's too soon. All over. On December 6, 1973, After a lower-profile late-night TV appearance earlier in the year, -year 19-year-old up-and-coming comedian Freddie Prinze makes a national splash with his debut on The Johnny Carson Show. He delivers such a killer set that he becomes the first comedian ever to go from first time behind the mic to a seat next to Johnny. It's the king of one generation, anointing a new king for another. It's the biggest of big breaks for Freddie Prinze. One of those taking note is TV producer James Comack, the man behind the just-ending sitcom called The Courtship of Eddie's Father. A guy with clout in Hollywood, he's developing his next sitcom, which he envisions as a Latino-oriented one. At one point, he has Cheech and Chong in mind to star, but it morphs into a series for young Freddie Prinze. A rare Latino breakthrough in the entertainment business, Freddie Prinze goes from The Tonight Show to his own show within a year. Author Peter Carroll, in his 1982 book, It Seemed Like Nothing Happened, America in the 1970s, writes, quote, Despite the revitalization of ethnic culture in the 70s, equally strong voices advocated the rapid abandonment of minority values and urged full integration into the American mainstream. For minority people struggling for recognition and the redress of historical grievances, this tension between traditionalist and assimilationist constituted a central and unresolved dilemma, end quote. This tension also becomes the foundation for Chico and the Man, starring Freddie Prinze as charming, upbeat, job-seeking hustler Chico Rodriguez, who talks his way into the East L.A. garage shop business and life of a crusty, old-school, and world-weary Ed Brown, who's angry at everything, including himself. Cue the conflict. Co-starring Jack Albertson, Chico and the Man premieres nine months after that December 1973 Tonight Show debut, catching a TV new wave that's seeing one show after another come ashore in prime time 
to change how TV looks and sounds. Just as the blue-collar movement has yielded R.G. Bunker, and as the women's liberation movement has introduced Maud, a surging brown pride movement opens the doors to a sitcom set in the barrio of Los Angeles called Chico and the Man. Boyle Heights, Lincoln Heights, El Sereno. It lifts a curtain to all of it, all of it new to most of TV-watching America. With a main title sequence that showcases a thriving and smiling East L.A. populace, the show's handsome new star and his familiar craggy-faced co-star, nowhere to be seen in the whole minute-long open. The message is this. There's more to the country than TV's previously all-white, all-middle-class lives. But there's a we're-in-it-all-together message, too, underscored by Jose Feliciano's theme song. It's written about Chico's new life, but it's really kind of aimed at the rest of us who are looking around at a changing landscape in our own lives. It tells us, there's good in everyone, and a new day has begun. You can see the morning sun if you try. When Chico and the Man actually begins, any social messaging is left for critics and pundits to disseminate, because as a TV sitcom, Chico and the Man is just plain funny. Prinz essentially portrays himself, and much of the comedian's by now uber-successful stand-up act finds its way into his dialogue. It was a role, observes Dan Epstein in a 2015 remembrance for Rolling Stone, that fed off his streetwise stage persona and fit him like a glove. End quote. Smooth and charming and full of life and hope, and funny, he's the now to sarcastic and cranky Ed's then. With their pairing, a premise is established, an era is addressed, and a new hit show is launched. Critical praise and Emmys are bestowed, salaries go up, a second season is ordered, NBC is flush with success on a revitalized Friday night, then a third season comes around, and then just as quickly, it's over. On January 28, 1977, midway through that third successful season, Freddie Prinze, experiencing more fame and with more career opportunities than he probably ever dreams possible, but also with growing mental health and drug issues that compromise it all, shoots himself in the head at his Los Angeles apartment. He dies the following day. He's just 22. It seems fair here to point out that some in his circle contend the death is accidental. Yet police and others report that Prinz leaves a suicide note. Seven episodes of Chico and the Man's 21-episode third season are left hanging in the balance. Four filmed and waiting to be aired, three readied and waiting to be shot. NBC broadcasts one of the ready four the following week after Prinz's death. It preempts the show the week after that. And then it airs the remaining three, as scheduled, over the course of the next three weeks. The last episode to feature Freddie Prinz airs March 4th, 1977, ironically titled Ed Talks to God, though it's not about Chico. It refers to aging Ed Brown's unwillingness to celebrate yet another birthday. And with that, Freddie Prinz and his short brass ring life ends inside of what's barely a full revolution of the carousel. The three Chico-less episodes of Chico and the Man are filmed and broadcast under a death pall. The third season comes to a merciful end on April 8, 1977. And you'd think that's where the show itself comes to an end as well, but remarkably, Chico and the Man is actually renewed for a fourth season 
despite losing one of its title stars, to a gun-to-the-head suicide. A 12-year-old Mexican boy is hired as Ed's new foil. That he's from Mexico means that the series gets to keep its title, since, as execs actually say at the time, they're all called Chico. But the less said about that short-lived, misguided mess, the better. From luck to talent to timing to chance, many factors and many people make for the brief success that's Chico and the Man from September 1974 through January 1977. But it's Freddie Prinze that makes it a smash hit and a cultural touchstone. Freddie Prinze is a man born for the TV camera, and he leaves a legacy that belies his brief life. A lengthy but poignant reflection appears in Time magazine on February 7th, 1977, a week after Prince's death. Here's part of it. Quote, He seemed to have everything going for him. Playing a wisecracking Chicano hustler in an East Los Angeles garage, he starred in NBC's three-year-old hit series Chico and the Man. He had just signed a multi-year, $1 million contract for Las Vegas. He was negotiating film deals. He had filled in for Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. More such appearances were in the works. And at the age of 22, he attained one of the highest status roles in show business when he performed for the incoming president at last month's inaugural gala. Yet something was terribly wrong in the life of comedian Freddie Prinz. The son of a Puerto Rican mother and a Hungarian father, Prinz had used his wit to survive among the teenage toughs in the Latino section of Manhattan's Upper West Side. With Chico and the Man, a winner, Prinz had reached the top. But the fast trip left the sensitive Prinz off balance. Some friends suggest that the breakup of his marriage in December 1976 was the source of his last bout of despondency. Though he did suffer over the divorce and worried about his 10-month-old son, those closest to Prince minimized the domestic problem. Says producer James Comack, his real despondency, whether he could articulate it or not, concerned the questions, where do I fit in? Where is my happiness? I would tell him, Freddie, your happiness is right here. You're a star. And he'd say, no, that's not happiness for me anymore. The Time Magazine tribute concludes with this paragraph. Prinz liked to tell interviewers that the Chico character was very close to him, that Chico comes out an optimist, very ambitious and hardworking, and made something of a life that could have made him bitter. But for one of the most singular escape stories in ghetto history, escape was not enough. End quote. Prince's close friend at the time, fellow comedian David Brenner, sums it up this way soon after it happens. There was no transition in Freddie's life, he says. It was an explosion. It's tough to walk off a subway at age 19 and then step out of a Rolls Royce the next day. He was in a lifestyle that's very unusual for a 22-year-old. End quote. How young is dying at 22? Had he lived, Freddie Prinze would have turned just 65 on his most recent birthday and he's been gone for 43 years. All these years later, I just remember what Freddie Prinze means both to Friday nights and to TV in general for a couple of years in the mid-1970s. I remember his part in the revolution, making TV funnier, making it realer. And I remembered my own teenage eyes at the time, taking in what he meant to his people and to his culture, the pride and the affection. All these years later, he's still remembered as Chico Rodriguez, the guy who knows there's good in everyone, and then a new day has begun when we can see the morning sun 
if we try. What still sucks is that during one long night in January 1977, Freddie Prince himself just couldn't try. I'm Jim McCarrens. We'll talk again. One, two, one, two, three, and... listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.